I'm John Pop, And I'm Kate Trinko. And this is the Daily Signal Top News for Wednesday, August 16th. Here are today's headlines. Politicians and pundits are weighing in following the fourth indictment of former President Donald Trump on Monday by a Georgia grand jury. Trump's rival Republican presidential candidates have mixed reactions. Former Vice President under Trump, Mike Pence, said that no one's above the law, but that Trump is entitled to the presumption of innocence. Despite what the former president and his allies have said for now more than two and a half years and continue to insist to this very hour, the Georgia election was not stolen and I had no right to overturn the election on January 6th, Pence said at an event on Wednesday, according to CNN. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis said that the indictment represents a criminalization of politics. He said they're now doing an inordinate amount of resources to try to shoehorn this contest over the 2020 election into a RICO statute, which was really designed to be able to go after organized crime, not necessarily to go after political activity. Former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie said he felt uncomfortable with the indictment. I think that this conduct is essentially covered by the federal indictment, Christie said. The Heritage Foundation's Hans von Spakovsky characterized the indictment in an editorial for the Daily Signal as an assault on our democratic republic and the rule of law. Von Spakovsky said that the district attorney heading the investigation, Fannie Willis, is trying to criminalize free speech and is aiming to create a chilling effect on anyone in the future who might dare to question the results of an election. He said that she is opportunistically trying to further her own profile while undermining faith in our judicial system. Unfortunately, Willis is trying to boost her political career at the cost of justice, the First Amendment, and fundamental fairness in the election process. For that, she should be ashamed. Bad news for Target. Following a decision to showcase LGBTQ Pride Month merchandise at its stores in June, the company's sales have declined significantly, as has its stock price. Tyler O'Neill wrote about this in a report for The Daily Signal today. Target's April 29th to July 29th sales at stores open for at least one year dropped 5.4%, including a 10.5% decline online, according to CNN Business. The company cut its annual sales forecast. Target stock dropped 27% over the past year, from 177 per share to 135 per share on market open. In a call with shareholders, Target CEO Brian Cornell pinned the losses on the American consumer's increasing willingness to spend on travel and leisure rather than on home goods following the end of the COVID-19 pandemic. He also mentioned the problem of increasing crime, which has plagued many Democrat-run cities. Safety incidents associated with theft are moving in the wrong direction, Cornell said. During the first five months of this year, our stores saw a 120% increase in theft incidents involving violence or threats of violence. Backlash to the LGBTQ pride emphasis clearly also led to Target's downturn. Christina Hennington, Target's chief growth officer, admitted that the strong reaction to this year's Pride assortment affected sales. The reaction is a signal for us to pause, adapt, and learn, she said. Mob violence hit eastern Pakistan on Wednesday as groups of Muslims attacked churches following allegations that a Christian man has desecrated the Koran. 
The Associated Press reported that attacks in Jarawala in the district of Faisalabad in Punjab province erupted after some Muslims living in the area claimed they had seen a local Christian, Raja Amir, and his friend tearing out pages from a Quran, throwing them on the ground, and writing insulting remarks on the pages. The local police chief said this is when groups of Muslims gathered and went on a rampage, destroying churches and the homes of Christians. This prompted a large police intervention. The mob was dispersed and dozens of people were arrested. Our first priority was to save the lives of all the Christians, said police chief Razan Khan. Blasphemy accusations are common in Pakistan, according to the AP. Under the country's blasphemy laws, anyone found guilty of insulting Islam or Islamic religious figures can be sentenced to death. While authorities have yet to carry out a death sentence for blasphemy, often just the accusation can cause riots and incite mobs to violence, lynching, and killings. Former President Barack Obama repeatedly chided Americans who said that their thoughts and prayers are with the victims of mass shootings. Yet in a video posted on his Twitter account on Tuesday, former President Obama said our thoughts and prayers go out to the families that have lost so much. The Daily Signal's Brian Gottstein broke down Obama's absurd scolding. Gottstein wrote how Obama's reprimand has made it acceptable for many, mostly on the left, to mock and excoriate those who believe in the power of prayer to offer hope in seemingly hopeless situations. Gottstein noted that Obama is right in one respect. During tragedies, we must step up and help in tangible ways. But for those who are far removed from the victims, powerless to do much for them, or who don't have the financial capacity to help, thoughts and prayers may be the only thing they can offer. And for believers in God, Gottstein wrote, Thoughts and prayers isn't an empty platitude, but rather an act of calling on God for assistance, as well as an expression of grief, sympathy, and solidarity. A report by the Capital Research Center explained how charities have become a political tool to win elections. This investigation reveals the shocking true story of the Everybody Votes campaign, the largest and most corrupt charitable voter registration effort in American history that may have decided the 2020 presidential election and could decide 2024, reads the Capitol Research Center report. The report lays out how this essentially political organization commissioned by former Hillary Clinton campaign chairman John Podesta and funded by well-heeled Democrat donors used the guise of civic-minded charity to selectively register millions of non-white swing state voters in the hopes of getting out the Democratic vote for a 2020 presidential win. The report also demonstrates how the Democratic Party uses money from private foundations and public charities to give their donors enormous tax breaks and pad their electoral margins in 2020, even though charities and foundations are strictly forbidden by law to operate with the effect, much less the intent, of benefiting a political party. And that's going to do it for today's episode. Thank you for listening to The Daily Signal Top News. If you haven't gotten a chance, please be sure to check out our morning show right here in this podcast feed, where we interview lawmakers, experts, and leading conservative voices. Please join us tomorrow for the Daily Signal interview edition. Virginia Allen speaks with Republican Senator Joni Ertz at the Iowa State Fair. Also, make sure you subscribe to the Daily Signal wherever you get your podcasts and help us reach more listeners by leaving a five-star rating and review. We read all of your feedback. Thanks again for listening. Have a great night, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow morning. The Daily Signal podcast is brought to you by more than half a million members of the Heritage Foundation. Executive producers are Rob Bluey and Kate Trinko. Producers are Virginia Allen and Samantha Asheris. Sound designed by Lauren Evans, Mark Guiney, and John Pop.
To learn more, please visit DailySignal.com.